You guys may think I need a minute to catch my breath. Really, I'm just waiting for Chris to get back there because he's slow. The scripture today is Mark 16, chapter, chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for the Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go... Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Amen. Thank you for for sharing this morning, Allie. Thank you to all the choir, to to all the kids, and and everybody that has just put in uh, their their service, their ministry into into this worship service this morning. And again, we just want to say we are glad that, that all of you are here. I want to encourage you at this time, if you've got a Bible, please get your Bible out. If you've got a phone, you can get, the, you can get a Bible out on your phone as well. Uh, we, we are going to be right in, I'm not even really going to have any scriptures on the screen this morning. We are going to be right out of the Bible so you see these things for yourself. That, that story that Allie just read, I'm going to guess that most all of you here have heard that before in some way, shape, or form. You know, we're here today because Jesus is alive, but the question that we always have to ask on a day like today is, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to me in this moment? So the title of uh, today's message is simply Your Resurrection Story. And uh, you know, at the beginning of each, at the beginning of each message, I always tell a few bad jokes, all right? So I don't think that Easter should be any exception to that, all right? Do you guys know, I mean, you should know this one. Do you know what kind of music the Easter bunny listens to when he hides Easter eggs? Hip-hop. Hip-hop, that's right. <laughs> oh, I know he woke, he woke me up the other morning. It was ridiculous, way too loud hip-hop music while he was hiding baskets. But now you guys know Arnold Schwarzenegger likes Easter a lot. Okay, and something happened. It was just last year he did not get an Easter basket, and he was devastated. And his wife came to me; had, had to come to him and console him. She said, "Arnold, I know you didn't get an Easter basket this year, but do you still love Easter?" He said, "Nah, I still love Easter, baby." <laughs> now, now I've heard, I've told this one before. I told this one before too. You should know the answer to this one. This is the most innocent, it's the best Easter joke. I've told this many times before. Because we're going to have this kind of moment today, okay? So, the three-year-old girl tells this story. Hey, Mom, do you know what Jesus said when he rose from the tomb? (laughs) Ta-da! So today, I hope you all have a ta-da moment I hope you have your own ta-da moment today where this isn't just a story you have heard before. This is a story where you allow the Lord to do a ta-da, to give you a sense of awe 
and wonder. See, we like, I like those two words. Awe is a word that describes, you know, witnessing something and just allowing it to speak for itself. I don't have words to explain that. Just look, right? It's, it's like a feeling you have when you're, when you, when you have a child that is born. It's just, there's no words for it. Just let the moment speak for itself. But there's also another word called wonder, and wonder is that, that I hope that you still have in your relationship with God, or I hope that you have as you've come this morning. I have a sense of, of learning about something or hearing the words of the gospel or hearing words that, that even have been sung in song and having a sense of, I want to know more about that. That's something that, that I want to feel. That's something I want to experience. That's something that I want to understand, and it calls us, it propels us to some kind of pursuit. And so I hope this morning... As we get to your resurrection story, we're going to get in scripture in three different resurrection stories. These are my favorite pieces of scripture in the book of John in chapters 20. Some of my favorite pieces in scripture, John 20 and 21. These, these are stories of what happened with people after they met a resurrected Jesus. Yes, a resurrected Jesus. He actually... Uh, the, the book of Acts tells us that he was, he was, excuse me, Corinthians tells us he was with over 500 people, 500 different people seeing Jesus alive after his crucifixion on the tomb. And that's why this story still continues today. Now, but what these stories we're going to share this morning are, story, are, are people who came in contact with a resurrected Jesus. They provide a template, they provide a call, they provide application for each and every one of us who, even though if you've come today and this is just an Easter service, what does it mean for you in this moment to meet the living God, to come in contact with a resurrected Christ? And so as we begin this word and open up scripture this morning, let's begin with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus, we need to hear your word. I say that as, as, as we read your biblical truth, but there's also this, this logos, this thing that goes deeper. That's the, it's the presence of God to each individual here in this room. Lord, you want to touch them. You want to reveal yourself to them in a new way. You want to speak a word to them that is personal, that kind of word that it just feels like they're the only person in the room right now. And God, you're speaking directly to them. Lord, I pray for that moment for those that have come on this Resurrection Sunday of 2022. Awaken our hearts to the presence of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to get, so we're going to be reading through John 20 and 21. I'm not going to read every detail of all of this passage of, all, of both of these chapters. I'm going to just be highlighting a few key points here, which is why it's important that if you do have a Bible, I want to encourage you to follow along. And so we're going to begin in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and the first person we're going to talk about is Mary Magdalene. John 20, verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? 
They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you, had carried, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Y'all know what it's like when somebody really familiar says your name. A name that they've said before. And she says, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. I want to talk about the two things. We're going to get to the verse 17 in a second. But the first thing that we see in Mary Magdalene's story is confirmation. Confirmation. Confirmation that this struggle that she had went through. This is a woman that many people believed had many demons cast out of her. This woman was a mess. Okay, and, f- and came in contact with the living God. And you have to believe that, that as she's following Jesus before his death on the cross, she's, she has to be- you have to believe she's, she's recognizing that this struggle, this has to be for something. All that I've went through has to mean something. This, this guy that I'm following, it has to, this, all of this has to matter. And I wonder if you've ever had any moments like that where you maybe it's feel like you've, you've, you've spent your time going in circles. You've, you've been straining, you've been struggling, and you've had people who choose to follow Christ will have moments of confirmation in your, in your life. Moments where you come to conclusion that, oh, Now I know what that was all about. Now I know why I stayed up late so many nights. Now I know why I spent so much time on my knees in prayer. Now I know why I had to go through that trial. And in this moment, it all makes sense. Now I know why I kept applying for all these jobs and I didn't get accepted. And, and Mary has a moment of confirmation that this guy, Jesus, is exactly who he said he was. That's my prayer for you, that, uh, that you have a moment of confirmation, that if you, as you meet the resurrected Christ, that you have a moment of confirmation in your life. But it wasn't just about confirmation for Mary, because look at what happened in verse 17. Here's what Jesus says to her. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary has a moment of familiarity. She hears Jesus say her name. And the next thing that Jesus has to say to her is don't hold on to me. In other words, Mary, I am exactly who you thought I was. The struggle you've been experiencing, it's been confirmed. But Mary, things are not going to be the same now. We're not going to be spending time, you know, in the flesh like we used to. And see, many of us, I know that there are many of you in this room that have an incredibly, incredibly hard time with this idea of change. 
with this idea of new reality, that always wishing that, 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 that and, and always assuming that the good old days were behind us, or always trying to go back somewhere when the Lord is ready to move, like in your life now, like he was speaking to Mary Magdalene in that moment. Mary, don't hang on to me. See, change is the whole message of the gospel, church. Jesus told his disciples, unless you change, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. This book has always been about recognizing that this moment, not yesterday, not trying to get back to where I was before, that God is ready to do something in my life in this moment. And yes, that means that it is time that I be willing to change. See, there's a word for some of you here. There's a word through Mary Magdalene. There's a word of confirmation that God has been speaking in your life. God has been working. There's also a word of change, that that it is time. The Lord is is ready to bring new life and to bring change into your life. The second story we're going to get into is Thomas. Two words we'll talk about with Thomas. Encounter. And evidence, and I'm going to pick up in John, uh, John uh, 24, chapter 20, verse 24. It says, now Thomas, also called Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, I love this verse. you got to catch this. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And by, so if you know where this is going, this is when Jesus appears to Thomas. A week later. <laughs> it didn't happen the moment that Thomas said it. It didn't happen. Unless I see Jesus for myself, I will not believe. And then all of a sudden, poof, ta-da, Jesus was there. But but see, that ta-da moment is what we all really want to happen in our life, right? Lord, Lord, show up now, ta-da! And it doesn't always work that way. It never really works that way, does it? And so in, in in the scripture here, he came a week later. When Thomas maybe had given up hope and maybe he's starting to get frustrated and like, I don't know, I don't really believe you guys. And a week passes and Jesus shows up in the room next to Thomas. And it says, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, this is one of the goriest, sickest passages in scripture, but I love it, right? Put your finger here. Stick it here. That's what you do when you got a really bad wound, right, Leanne? You tell people, come, just stick your finger in there. I don't think she's here. She's a wound nurse, so she knows. But, but put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. <laughs> and then Thomas, the next thing he says, he says, Thomas said, my Lord and my God, Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So the two things that we see in the story of Thomas are encounter and evidence. Thomas 
demanded an encounter. Everybody else is talking about these stories of how they had met Jesus, but Thomas hadn't had his moment yet. And I wonder if you've ever heard stories of people, God coming through for them. They prayed things and then they had their moment of breakthrough. Or, or maybe you're even more on the spiritual side and you, you hear of people being, their hands being laid upon people and people being healed and, and all of a sudden miraculous things happen and seeing those kind of miracles. And maybe you've wondered for yourself, when is my encounter? When do I get to experience something like that. And there's a lot of ways we can go with this, but the first question I have to pose to you is, have you ever asked? As Thomas did, I want to see him for myself. (laughs) I love for you, I dare you to pray that prayer. (laughs) I want to see him for myself. It's a prayer I said when I was 19 years old, and I began to see him for myself. I began to have my own personal experience with the living God that came with begin asking crazy questions like, God, if you are real, then show up. And so first off, I challenge you, have you ever asked? Now, then we get in this trouble of, and then God begins to work in our life, but then we get in this trouble of, you know, comparing our encounters. Well, I, I want an encounter like them. I want to have an experience like they, like they did. And, and that just doesn't work for us, church. But what does, if you allow yourself on a, on a Sunday like this, is to take a step back and see if you can recognize the evidence of God working in your life. Go ahead, right now, just as you're seated. Maybe you could think of all the things that you did pray for, you prayed for. And then they didn't come through right in the moment like Thomas wanted them to. Maybe they didn't even come through a week later. Maybe it was months. Maybe it was years. But if you take a look, you can see the evidence of the hand of God in your life. In moments that you cried out to and the living God who knows what you need and is not about all about what you want, but knows what you need, has showed up. Thomas got some real tangible evidence. But there's also been some evidence in your life. If you learn to step back and recognize it. See, the, recognizing this evidence requires a certain amount of gratitude. That we be people that learn how to come to the table of grace, that acknowledge the things that God has done in our life time and time again. If you notice, almost every prayer in the Bible starts with gratitude, starts with saying thank you. Because if we don't learn to say thank you more often to the living God, we can have that attitude of entitlement And the longer we're entitled, we're always thinking about the thing that we don't have. We never recognize all the stuff that we have already been given. All the blessings that are already sitting right in front of us. We do. We have a massive entitlement problem in our culture today. And as long as you are always wanting, 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 you will never be thankful. You will never be grateful for all that you have been given. So may you see the evidence of the living God in your life. The last story, this one's my favorite. I think this is just one of my staple, uh, staple stories in Scripture, hands down one of my favorite stories. And I think I taught a little bit on this a few Father's Days ago, but I could teach on this one every, every Sunday. If you've heard the story of Peter and John chapter 21, I'm going to talk about Peter and Failure in the future. 
In, in verses 21, 1 through 14, I'm not going to read all of those passages, but what's taking place is that Peter, see, there's this, there's this mysterious thing about Peter because he's, he's you, you got you to gotta, you gotta appreciate this, right? Peter, when he was on earth, Jesus asked him at one point in time, he said, he said, all the, the people say that you're a prophet, your lies are the what's to come or one of the great prophets. And Jesus looked at Peter and he says, but Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Jesus said, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus then says to him, you are right, Simon Barjona, um, but not because flesh and blood, blood has revealed this to you. And he, and he says that you, he now calls him Peter. It was Simon. Now he calls him Peter. I know what Peter means. The rock. Peter was named the rock before Dwayne Johnson even, ex- before he named himself that, right? Before he was even born. And he says to Peter, you are the rock and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You got to imagine <laughs> Peter full of all testosterone after Jesus says that to him, looks over at James and says, hey, what's your name? James began to respond, my name is, it doesn't matter what your name is. My name is Peter. And God said, I am the rock. And upon, upon, his, upon my rock, I will build his church. And the gates of Hades and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You can see Peter rolling into Jerusalem behind Jesus as he comes in on the donkey. And Peter's right behind him saying, finally, the rock has returned to Jerusalem. And now, this is this guy, full of testosterone, full and ready that when people come to capture Jesus, what does Peter do? What does the rock do? He takes off some dude's ear. Another great story in Scripture, right? Because you know what happened next? (laughs) Jesus picks up the ear, sticks it back on the guy's head, and heals it. It's like Peter looks back at Jesus. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I thought I'd known you was going to do that. I, I wouldn't have cut it off, you know. So Peter could never completely understand what it was that Jesus was trying to do. And you know, maybe you know the rest of the story that Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus told Peter before his crucifixion, that he was going to do that. He said, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter got really resistant and really resilient. And, and he said, you got to be kidding me. Of course, me, I would never do that to you. And sure enough, Peter did. And so there's another passage in, scriptures, in Scripture where after Jesus is resurrected, it says, go, go tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus has, has rose again. And and many scholars believe that to mean that, G- that Peter was not hanging out with the rest of the disciples, basically as Jesus had commanded them to, to stick together. And, that he, and, and so Peter is no longer with them. Peter is kind of off doing his own thing. And that's where this story picks up. Peter is, Jesus is now resurrected. Remember, over 500 people have seen him on the earth. And now Jesus, Peter is out on the boat. And he's, he's fishing. And there's this guy on the shore that says, cast the nets to the other side one more time. And Peter does it. 
and he brings in this miraculous, miraculous catch of fish, very familiar to what happened when he first met Jesus. And Jesus looked into his eyes, and Peter said, Lord, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. So Peter's having this familiar experience And all of a sudden, he recognizes after he catches the fish that that is Jesus sitting on the shore. And he gets out of the boat and swims all the way over to Jesus and begins having breakfast with him on the beach. And so here is where this story picks up in John 21, 15. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Then the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And listen to this in verse, verse 17, what it says next. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. There's a lot of truth loaded in this little scripture because I hope if you catch this today, uh, you will have one of those resurrection moments. Because Peter's story is about failure in the future. You see, Peter was this guy full of all testosterone and he failed the living God. And Jesus goes back after him. If you've had those moments where you've, at some point you've failed and, and thought for yourself that God doesn't want me, God, God, God would, it couldn't use me, but some experience you've had, maybe it's this morning where you sense the Lord tugging at you again saying, yes, I do. And so that's what's happening with Peter and Jesus on the beach. <laughs> Peter is Jesus is saying to Peter, he said, Peter, I know you failed me. Do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep. And then he asks him again. It's as if Jesus is preparing. He already knows about the betrayal. He knew it was going to happen. And now he's speaking about his failure, even in the future, that Peter, guess what? You're going to fail me again. 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 And I'm still going to be saying to you, looking in your eyes like I am right now, do you love me? Feed my sheep. See, we got to get this, especially all the males in this room sometime, that we have such the hardest time for, with our failures. And the living God has never had any issues with your failures. He died for them on the cross. You do. Your failures are what disqualify you from a relationship with God. So you think, but according to the kingdom of God, your failures, they qualify you. 
somebody believed that, they'd say amen. I'm going to say that again. You think your failures disqualify you from a relationship with the living God. But according to the gospel, according to the death and resurrection on the cross, your failures qualify you for an intimate relationship with the living God. Now, and you see what he said, the language he uses in this passage He says, do you love me? (laughs) You know, a common word in in Scripture in the New Testament is the word Lord, kurios in the Greek. And like there's this Lord-servant mentality. And some of you here today have really only felt like that's what it means to be a Christian. We have all these rules that we obey. He's our Lord and we're the servants. And Jesus here is speaking to someone and saying, do you love me? It's like, it's like your wedding day. You get up next to your spouse. <laughs> They're saying their vows. And they keep saying to you time and time again that you're going to fail me. And I'm still going to love you. You're going to fail me big time. And I'm still going to love you. Then you're going to fail me in even worse ways than that. <laughs> and I'm still going to love you. See, Jesus is doing this intimate personal relationship thing with Peter in this moment. Some of y'all got to capture this because he, he is ready. In your moment of weakness is when Christ's power is made perfect in you. And your moments of the mistakes that you've made in the past, you, you've, you've got them spinning around in your head right now. You know what they are. And the Lord says, you know, I died for those, and I'm ready to work in your life in this moment. Not once you get everything figured out. Not, not once you change to be a certain way. In this moment, I am ready. I'm commissioning you, Peter. In all of his words, his next commission were feed my sheep, do my work, love my sheep, to go and do the work of Christ, to be the person you were created to be. It's not about the mistakes. It's about the calling, but most importantly, about the one who's sitting across from him, looking, him t- looking into his eyes and saying, do you love me? That's always the question. See, I've always said that I serve God out of love, but I would never run away out of fear. You know, I'd be scared to death, but at the end of the day, the reason that we choose to serve a living God really ought to be out of love. And so, you know what? I want to ask you, we don't even need to pray any music. I want to appreciate the silence and the sacredness of this moment. At this time, I want to I want to ask all of you that are here just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Will you let this moment, this morning, speak to you? This is your moment of confirmation. Maybe this is your moment of change. Maybe it's your moment of encounter. That God is meeting you, not the way that you thought or that you wanted to, but right now in this moment, here he is. (laughs) Maybe as you sit here, you're seeing all the evidence of God working in your life. And maybe as you sit here, you're recognizing that, wait a second, I have disqualified myself from from the mistakes that I have made. I've told myself that I'm not qualified for something, that God wouldn't want me Or maybe you're sitting here and recognizing the Lord commissioning you for the future. 
The Lord saying again, as he said to Peter, I have a plan for you. So here's what I want you to do. Every head's bowed. Every eye is closed. I'm just asking at this moment in time, do you hear the word of the Lord? And is your response to him is that we have men and women of God in this church that are listening, that are hearers of the word, just as a sign that, Lord, I hear you. I want to encourage you right now just to lift up your hand, just to simply lift up your hand. I hear you. I hear you. Hands going up all across the sanctuary saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. And now for some of you, some of you that here may be saying, maybe making a commitment to Christ for the very first time, a commitment that maybe you've never made before. And here's what we're going to do today. It's a little bit different. And just keep your eyes closed at this moment because I want you, this is to be a moment. We got this dork up on the mic talking, but this is really about you and the Lord right now, okay? And so for more, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say a sinner's prayer from my heart, okay? Very similar to a prayer I prayed, you know, when I was 19 years old. But in just a moment, I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray a prayer that is yours. Whatever you want the Lord to do in your life. I I love it if you said it audibly, but you can speak it whispering to yourself. But I want to give you a chance because salvation comes. Salvation, change, confirmation, uh, you you know, being commissioned and, and, and evidence comes, encounter comes from our heart. So I'm going to say a prayer and then I'm going to encourage you and give you a space just to respond to the living God. So Lord, today, on behalf of some in this room, I've, I thank you, Lord, that you are the living God because I am a man that is full of sin and I am in need of a savior. I thank you, Lord, for your death where your blood brought forth atonement for my sin. And Lord, I thank you for your resurrection so that the veil has been torn that I can have eternal life with you, and I can experience your power through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you. I ask that you be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. And Lord, may I experience your power and your grace in your presence as I continue to take each step along this journey. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. And now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Okay? If you want to play some instrumental music, just turn that up just a little bit, Chris. And just we're just going to take 30 seconds, church. 30 seconds. It's your turn to pray. It's your turn to pray. Whatever prayer flows through your heart right now, what is the Lord speaking to you? And now for 30 seconds, it's your chance to respond. I want to invite you to stand and we're going to sing one last song together that's a testimony of what the Lord 
has done in our life. But listen, if today is a day where you've said a prayer and you believe, you, you want this to be a moment more than just maybe what happened at your, at your seat and you would love to, to have someone to pray with you, I would be my privilege to pray with you before you leave today, all right? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be sticking around here for just a few moments. Um, actually, uh, who can do the clip? Can we make sure we get gifts to all of our first-time guests? Those are they're in that closet over there too. Okay, um, we make sure we get all of our gifts. And I'll stick around. If anyone would need prayer, it would be my my privilege to pray with you before you go. All right, we'll stand and sing number two eighty. Christ is the Lord.
Please remain standing for your benediction. May today you experience your resurrection story. May you experience confirmation and change, encounter and evidence. And with every failure, may you experience repentance and the living God bringing you new life and pointing you toward your future. God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday.